thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to a place of wellness and healing for both your body and mind. Get ready to live a happy, healthy, whole food life that totally rocks. You're listening to Shiny Healthy You, the straight-talking natural health show for busy women with your host and naturopath, Jules Galloway. Hi, and welcome to Shiny Healthy You. Today's guest is a curious crusader on a mission to improve her family's health. She is a blogger, a speaker, and a passionate advocate of real food and whole food eating. Lisa grew up eating a standard Aussie diet in the 1980s and lived on all the usual crap, even working in takeaway food restaurants. But after the birth of her first baby, everything changed, and she became more conscious of what she was putting into her body. She made the transition to a more nourishing diet, and when she decided to help other women to do the same, her business was born. She is now the creator of two awesome programs, Small Steps to Whole Foods and Small Steps to Fermenting, and she does it all with three gorgeous children in tow. I don't know how she does it. Please welcome the very lovely Lisa Cordiff. <laughs> I don't know how I do it either, Joyce, when you say it like that. I know, it's so much all at once, isn't it? <laughs> it's been a crazy ride. <laughs> oh, how overwhelming. Tell me a little bit, Lisa, about how you came to be so passionate about Whole Foods. How did it all start out? Well, it, as you said in your intro, it was at the birth of my son. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to breastfeed. That all went smoothly. And then it came time to giving him solid food. <clears throat> and I thought, and I was given... This uh, Annabelle Carmel is kind of the the guru when it comes to kids and food or babies and food. So I kind of devoured that and was giving him purees and rice cereal and all this sort of stuff. And then I started to question what was healthy. I just realized I didn't quite know what that meant. And this was back in 2010. So it was kind of it was before this explosion of health coaches and there was lots of food blogs, but I, it wasn't where I was looking. I was pretty old school and looking at recipe books. And <laughs> I ended up getting a scholarship to study the Institute for Integrative Nutrition Health Coaching Program. And that was great. I, I don't classify myself as a health coach because I think my understanding of food is quite superficial still after doing that course. But what it did was make me go, holy shit, what the hell? We, we don't know what healthy is. Everything that I knew about food was incorrect. And I was learning stuff and trying out new things, new ways of eating, and my whole world changed. And I suddenly, my awareness was raised. It, that's really what happened. My awareness was raised. And, and so I started making changes where I could. And I went through the full overwhelm stage, the full, why should I even care? I'm healthy. And I grew up eating this stuff and I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just thought, I can't take that risk with my kids. And so what I thought was, I'm not going to go raw. I'm not going to go paleo. I'm not going to go vegetarian. I'm just going to try and eat foods as close as possible to their natural state. So I started doing things like buying raw milk, even although you're not really supposed to. <laughs> I started 
looking for different types of, of sugars, things that were more whole. I got Jude Bloreau's Whole Foods for Children and I'm like, what the hell is spelt flour? What are dulse flakes? I don't even get this. And I kind of parked it for a bit. But as I learned more and more and just really slowly made changes and didn't get overwhelmed and didn't say no to almond croissants in my second <laughs> and third pregnancies, I just found that my life changed and that the food that I was feeding my kids over time was healthier than it might have been had I not learnt what I did. And so, of course, I wanted to share that with other people. And I did it via a Facebook page and a blog and then I just thought I think that I could really, I've been exposed to so many amazing people and you are one of the people that I interviewed in Small Steps to Whole Foods because I was learning from you. I was learning from all these other people. I wanted to put them all in one spot and just give people that information so that they could make changes uh, in their families as well. And that's what I love about that program, Lisa, is when you started out with Small Steps to Whole Foods, you didn't know everything. So you just went and grabbed all these experts and people that that you knew of in the industry who could help and just brought them all into the fold. And that's what I really loved about it all is you were willing to admit that you didn't know everything yet. And so what were some of the key takeaways you learned during the creation of the program? Because I know you were already into Whole Foods, but you must have picked up so much more info along the way when you created the program and interviewed the people. Oh, absolutely, I did. I mean, I remember the interview that I did with you and we talked about snot and that is still (laughs) one of my favourite parts of that whole program. Because when you learn about foods that are mucus forming, you can just steer clear of them. And when you understand, like, so I, I knew these things, but I didn't understand how it was working in our body. And I think once you do learn that, when you learn the, the process that you talked us through, it, everything changes. Because I think that the difficulty is, and I, you know, I mean, there's just so many moments throughout that program where people have big aha moments. It's because we can know that a diet full of vegetables and leafy greens and meats and good fats is the way to go. But actually making that transition is really hard. And so, for example, there's there's a, a video in there, an interview in there with a It's actually with Jana Kingsford, who's a successful entrepreneur, and she's like, I just don't have time to feel tired and sluggish, so I make (laughs) choices that mean I'm not. And the food isn't fancy, but I'll snack on an egg because I know that's going to get me through the, the, the next hour or two before lunch or dinner. And when she says it like that, it, it also just reminds you of your priorities. Okay, well, what are my priorities? Is my priority feeling really good and getting through my days with a bit of va-va-voom? Or is, it, is my priority that jam donut? Because if the priority is jam donut, just go for it and eat it. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't worry. But if your priorities are different and you're looking for a different way, then we have to gently place our priority 
back onto food. And so more than just the understanding of food, there's also a lot of mindset stuff in small steps because I wholeheartedly believe that it's really hard unless you have a significant health challenge, very, very hard to just make huge, big, overwhelming changes to your diet and sticking to it. Absolutely. And I, I love how you prevent the overwhelm in your little tribe by showing them that it's okay to have a croissant or a jam donut if that's what you really want. And if you do have it, you have to enjoy it. That's, that's their only job, isn't it, is to actually savour it and enjoy it so that it didn't kind of just go to waste. Yes. And everything that I have learned about food and health seems to be that stress is going to trump everything. Totally. That our stress hormones are going to beat everything else. So when they're firing and when, you know, guilt and stress and anxiety are ruling us, then even if you've had the healthiest meal, you're not even going to be able to digest it properly. And so that's a big part of what I'm about is the stress that we've got around food at the moment, and I think as a culture it's it's heading down that way because it is freaking scary when you start to realise the foods that you were brought up with or the foods that you're feeding your children are made with chemicals that can disrupt their hormones, uh, change their behaviour, impact on their cognitive abilities. That is that's scary and you can go into full overwhelm and paralysis and guilt and anxiety. And the fact is that even although we know these things, it can still be hard to change. And you have to be, you have to choose kindness while you're on that journey, kindness to yourself. Yeah. Talk to me about the guilt that's involved when you find out that what you were doing wasn't the best thing. And then because, I, you know, when you find out some of this information and you go, oh, my God, that wasn't food, that was actually a food-like substance that had chemicals and crap in it, and, oh, my God, I've been feeding that to everyone, including myself and my family, what, what's the process? How do, you, how do you get out of that guilt place? It's really hard, actually. And do you know, I just, I do think our bodies are quite clever and, I do think, uh, you know, I just literally today posted something on my Facebook page about when I take my kids out and I'll be having a coffee and they might get a baby Chino and they want a little treat, you know, something from the cafe. So exciting. (laughs) And I always like to go to cafes where they make their own own biscuits or muffins. You know, you can tell whether they've been – shop you know brought in or whether they actually make them there and this local cafe has these chopped chip cookies and full of refined sugar refined flour (laughs) but not any of the craziness and so I just put out this thing saying you know when we're out and we want something I get a a big cookie because most of the time they're massive and my kids are little they don't need one of those huge things and I break it up into smaller pieces and I call it a lucky dip and they put their hands in and they pull out a lucky dip and they're all trying to get the biggest bit and you know they get two or three goes of a lucky dip because I fear I figure that I don't want my I don't want to create stories for them around food that, you know, foods are are good or bad, right or wrong, because for their life, 
you know, they're going to need to be able to make decisions for themselves. And I am still making decisions for myself. You know what I want when I'm hungover? And it's ridiculous. Burgerings. What are burger rings? I've got no idea what the frig a burger ring actually is. And it's only probably the last year, and I've been on this journey for a while, that I would think, no, I actually don't even feel like that anymore. But for a long time, I kind of did. And I remember when I was pregnant, I really had this thing for magnums, little mini magnums. And, you know, this is while I've got my Facebook page and my blog and, you know, (laughs) and I was just honest with people and said, this might not make sense, but my body is saying, do this. And I think I remember you posting a photo of a Magnum once. Yes. It went off. People are like, oh, thank God. Thank God she's not perfect. Now we can be imperfect too. (laughs) I really, like, because it's so hard when we have grown up on these foods and I don't have celiac, I don't have any reason not to apart from the fact that I feel much better when I don't. But sometimes logic is overridden by emotion and there's so much emotion around food. So I just choose, I actively choose to let it go. Yeah. I I choose not to let myself worry. I think tomorrow, and this was something else. I think it was you who said in your interview, every meal is the chance to eat well. So even if I've had something, you know, dodgy for lunch, I I won't throw the day away. I'll just think, oh, time for an awesome dinner. Or, you know, let's make a big, let's make a fruit salad for afternoon tea. And, or let's, you know, dip some apple chips into peanut butter or something. I don't, any, any chance that you're, Anytime you're putting food in your mouth is the chance to give yourself something nourishing. Sometimes you're not going to choose the nourishing. That's all right. That's all right. Because you can the next time. That's right. There's another opportunity coming along in just a few hours. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That hunger thing. And if you're like me, you're spending every hour thinking about what you're going to eat next as well. (laughs) So you've got plenty of time to plan for that green juice or that fruit salad. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh dear. Lisa, I often hear people say that whole foods are too expensive and that's what stops them from beginning. So Mm. what are your top tips for living this lovely whole food lifestyle on a tight budget? Well, for me, uh, so many tips, but I think one of the big ones is with meat. So I don't buy expensive cuts of meat because I think upgrading our meat to good quality meat was one of the first things I really wanted to do because I think when you know what you know about animals and meat production it can kind of you kind of can't go back from that yeah you can't unsee that stuff can you yeah so for me I use quite a lot of mince so I can buy I can afford the organic chicken mince or the um, organic and grass-fed beef mince and chicken drumsticks I can buy. They're cheap. They're cheap. And you can buy them organic and and chicken thighs, like chicken breasts, whatevs. I buy a whole (laughs) chicken, a whole organic chicken, and I can use that three times, three different meals. And I, I just feel like you know, beef cheeks have become my friend in the slow cooker because I'm always looking for ways to upgrade but not out, you know, budget myself. So, you know, we can have on one week I might make my chicken patties 
for dinner, which is which uses chicken mince. I might do um, meatballs and my own spaghetti sauce, which is really like it's pretty much cheaper to make. It is cheaper to make your own spaghetti sauce from you know tomatoes and tin tomatoes and um, some passata and then garlic and onion and some herbs than it is to buy the ones in the shops. And then when you're not buying the ones in the shops, you're just getting rid of quite a few numbers and chemicals that you don't necessarily have to welcome in and you can do it in bulk and then freeze it so it's just sitting there waiting for you. And then we might have sausages one night, like good quality sausages in bulk, like buy them in bulk when your butcher is selling them. Sausages save my ass all the time <laughs> because kids freaking eat sausages. So yeah. like that, that works for me. And then, um, yeah, we might have, uh, you know, then we might do like a, a slow cooked meal or something. So I might get away with a chicken mince, a beef mince, um, then some chicken drumsticks or something or a whole chicken. And then, you know, something like lamb shanks or beef cheeks in the slow cooker and snags. And then I've got two, probably two vegetarian nights, like live on eggs, love eggs, can make anything with eggs. The other <laughs> night I thought I've got nothing for dinner. So I grated up a, a really, really big sweet potato. It was the purple one. So with the white flesh, grated that up, uh, chopped an onion, chopped two slices of um, bacon, added a, a, it was like half a cup of uh, arrowroot and then two eggs or three eggs, a bit of um, salt and then sort of just, you know, did it all up, put put it in um, cupcake patties, like just oiled some patties or I added some oil to the mixture as well yep. and then uh, put them in the oven in like cupcake tins and they came out and they were just these little delicious and I put some pesto on the top for the adults and just some carrot and cucumber next to it for the kids. Dinner done. Oh, my God. You're making me hungry. Seriously, we shouldn't be recording these before I eat lunch. So, Lisa, meat sounds like one good place where you can start and it doesn't have to be too expensive. What are two other uh, places you could start? What are two other things you could switch over quite easily? Um, you know... That's a really good question. And I, what I've found has really helped my budget is buying in a group. And that might sound a bit hippie. It might sound a bit like I'm kind of walking around in tie-dye. But <laughs> when I discovered uh, group buying, there's a place up here in Brisbane called Food Connect, and it literally connects farmers with people in the city. So we... We get together, there's a group of us, we all, because you have to buy like a minimum's worth of, of the stuff. So we get together, we organise what we're buying, we choose everything, we make sure things have met quota and then on Tuesday we get our box and someone divides it up and they get compensated for that. And then uh, and then I've got my, my fruit and veg for the week and it's all organic and it's the cheapest way that I've found to buy organic food. And it's fresh and delicious and outrageously good for you. Yeah, that's amazing. And you've got some links to food co-ops on your website too, don't you? 
I do. I don't know whether I might have recently taken them down or not, but yeah, food co-ops are amazing. It's also the place, uh, the way that I buy all my pantry staples. And I, I think that that's a, it really is a key to, to budgeting. It's, and this is, this would be definitely a key, especially for people who are starting out. Don't buy every single ingredient that you see in recipes. Get one thing and experiment with it. Like say something like chia seeds. Yeah, it's like you see them everywhere. So you buy them and then you're moving on to the next thing and they're sitting there and then six months later, you're throwing them out because they've got weevils. Yeah. (laughs) And people buy like massive amounts. They'll go and buy like a whole kilo of almond meal or, you know, a whole kilo of chia seeds. And then they get home and they go, oh, I don't really need that much of it. Yes. Or they just kind of get over it. And I'm like, choose, choose an ingredient. And then experiment with it. So make that your thing. Make that your challenge for the month. Just choose one ingredient and get used to it. Get familiar with it so it becomes your friend and not just something else you're buying. Because I definitely know when people start small steps to whole foods, they're like, I need this, I need this, I need this. And that can blow your budget. So it's like, no, you can actually do so much with fruit, vegetables, <laughs> yep. a couple of pantry staples and meat yep. because really that's what it all comes de- back to. We don't have to get fancy with, you know, protein powders and supplements and all that kind of stuff unless you've been advised by a good naturopath, of course. Of course. <laughs> In the beginning for most of us, it's just like people often say, oh, my meals are so boring, dinner's just meat and veg. I'm like, what's wrong with that? I grew up on that. That's that's awesome. If your family's eating, you know, meat and veg for dinner, sweet. You know, as long as those vegetables aren't, you know, the crinkle cut beer battered fries that you get from the freezer section of the supermarket. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? The product formerly known as veg, yes. Yes. (laughs) Like I don't care. I don't care like how unfancy it is. Most of my stuff is extremely unfancy, but it's real. And that's what I'm going for as much as I can without guilt, of course, if fish and chips happens on a Friday. And that's why I freaking love you. (laughs) (laughs) Lisa, I'm often asked what to do about fussy eaters. You know, the ones, the kids Mm -hmm. who won't try new things, they won't eat certain colors or just that nightly battle to get them to eat their veg. Mm. Uh, And I know that if the kids have been used to eating the fish and chips and the white bread and, you know, the cereal and milk for breakfast, it can be really hard to get them out of that. What Mm. advice can you give the mums and the dads out there around this? Oh, look, that is that is a really big issue. And um, my small steppers um, have the option of moving into a membership when we finish the program. And that's something that I've recently interviewed an occupational therapist on, because often there are actually much deeper reasons why the kids aren't eating certain foods. And I also do think that kids are quite intuitive sometimes. As annoying as it is for me, my eldest is um, my son, and he will eat all the vegetables on his plate and leave meat every time. And he's like a five-year-old. I want him to be eating that protein and getting strong. And (laughs) he's just interested, but he'll have eggs. So I give him eggs. And whereas my daughter will have the meat and the potato and leave all the vegetables. And it's like, you know, seriously, guys, you know, 
I'm not making all different meals and I don't and I expect them to try everything that's on their plate and then if they don't want to keep eating it, that's fine, but they have to try. Yeah. And I do think that kids naturally, and especially if you follow Ayurveda, like they're, they're different personality types, they're different body types. They probably just do want different types of food, but that doesn't mean that they can exist on white pasta and bread, Yeah, which I would say most kids would probably love to do. So <laughs> my, my suggestions are always when people ask me to change doing something, my first reaction is resistance. I don't want to change. Don't make me change. I like the way I do things. You know, we all have it. Kids are exactly the same. Don't expect them to change everything overnight. Do things slowly. Whenever I'm trying to introduce a new food, I will often set up a picnic rug in the lounge room or even just go outside. We live in Brisbane, so we can do that. And I make the dinner not about the food. It's about like, guys, we're having a picnic tonight. Come on. And I'll often put the meal. I won't put things uh, on their plates. I'll put them in a communal, like, you know, uh, the oven potatoes wedges will be in one plate. Then maybe this new sort of something that I'm trying in another bowl, maybe a certain type of meat or, you know, way I've cooked a patty or something. I don't know. And then, um, and then vegetables in other, in other, in another bowl. And they have to choose one thing from each bowl. And, and they kind of do that because they're curious and because we're not focused on the food and they just put things in their mouth. So I, I think distraction is awesome because if we put too much pressure on them to eat things or we're standing there going, just try it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you're not going until you I have it. cooked this. This is <laughs> mummy spent a lot of money, you know, making this for you. They're just going to go, well, I don't care. I seriously don't care. It looks gross. I love that picnic idea too. Honestly, when I was growing up, I had this thing where we'd go on picnics and my mum would make these really simple cheese and Vegemite sandwiches, which of course, you know, I wouldn't eat now. But I always thought that she'd done something really special to the sandwiches when we went and had the picnic. And I said, they always taste better when we're on a picnic. And she's like, they're the same cheese and Vegemite sandwiches that you get in your school lunch all the time. (laughs) But they always tasted better on the picnic. And Mm. I think you can apply that to all kinds of food where it tastes better when you're having a lovely experience. And I I love that idea of like, take the picnic blanket out, mix it up, make it fun and make it colorful and interesting and creative. And then suddenly the food might taste better. Yes. And I know a lot of parents have trouble getting their kids to the table. That can even just sometimes be a battle because kids are tired. But do you know what I'm finding is that when my... my son started school this year and he's ravenous when he comes home. So I'm just like getting prepared and I'll have, sometimes I might even have some sausages cooked or some like crumbed chicken and veggies, like things that I would give them at dinner time ready for when they're really hungry. Yep. Same as kindy. My daughter gets home kindy and she's like, what's for afternoon tea? What's for afternoon tea? And if we can kind of think it doesn't really matter. They don't need to have their like a really big meal at dinner time. They can have a really big afternoon tea and then like a supper, you know, something easy like soup or something like that, um, an omelette maybe. And then and then the, the hard work is done because you've just done it at afternoon tea time. 
I love it. You've just turned it all on its head. You're such a rule breaker. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm just surviving motherhood. That's what I'm doing. You've got to get creative with these little critters. (laughs) I think you're doing it really well. Lisa, you're really busy. um, And I know that we shouldn't be wearing busy like it's a big badge of honor, but it's just, it's a fact for you. You've got three kids and you've got a thriving business, but I know that you're also out to create balance uh, in yourself and so that you get some downtime. How do you relax, unwind and create this balance? That's a good question. And on the weekend, just gone, I was feeling, the week before that I was feeling seriously out of balance. And my husband recognized it because I'm getting short with everyone. My patience is low. I'm taking myself off to my room for timeouts. You know, (laughs) it is intense. It is intense managing the lives of three little people. And I just, I can sometimes just really, I can get off balance really easily. And the thing that suffers the most is probably my relationship with him because, you know, you know, any, any partners, whether you've got children or not, they can just bear the brunt and, Sometimes I just feel like I've got nothing left. And he said, you know, go away for a night. Just go away (laughs) for a night in the city. Book yourself a hotel. And I was like, no, I can't do that. No way. I couldn't do that to you. He's like, do it. Yeah. (laughs) And I did. And it was the best thing I could possibly have done. And when I was on that, had that little sabbatical, which was really just about silence. Yeah. It was really just about getting some silence. Oh, my God, it was so amazing. I realised how important and how I really have to factor in those things for myself because usually what I would do is we just got Netflix and that is really bad for business because I'm watching the cheesy old Gossip Girls, which is terribly good, <laughs> and I I will just sit and watch something but it was when I was on this this night away and I sat, I went for a swim in the hotel swimming pool and I really realised how I've become so out of touch with my own body while having kids, you know, having six years of pregnancy and breastfeeding and, you know, my body providing a service to other people's lives. I, I now need to serve it just for me. So getting into something like Pilates or it is just, I've just contacted a Pilates place saying, hello, I think I want to start. How Yay. do I do that? <laughs> so I, that's my next way that I'm going to start to really bring that, um, that me time into my week. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so important, isn't it? huge. And I don't think I really realize, I think we can say it, we can pay lip service, take care of yourself. You're a better mother if you do, but there's so much, there's so much around that. And And we don't have any family up here with us in Brisbane. So it is just my husband and I, and, you know, we battle along, but we, we really need to be doing it for each other. Yeah. And, and honestly, like in reality, like sometimes Days can go by and then you get to the end of the week and you go, oh, my God, we forgot the me time. Someone, we need to do the me time. And it, you just realize that days can slip away unless you schedule it in and make it real. 100% you need to schedule. Yes, yes. 
Lisa, thank you so much for sharing all your wonderful wisdom with us today. As usual, it's been awesome. I love speaking to you. You're one of my favorite, favorite people. You have a gorgeous website and a couple of fantastic programs. So before we go, can you please tell our lovely listeners how they can find you? <laughs> well, I'm at I'm on Facebook as Lisa Cordoff and my website is lisacordoff.com. Um, and yes, yeah, Small Steps to Whole Foods is like, you know, my signature program, if yeah. I can have one of those. Yes, yeah. you can. Um, and it's it launches three times a year and it's an it's eight weeks. It's going back to basics. We cover a meal every fortnight. So we stick with breakfast for two weeks, then lunches, then dinners, then snacks and dessert. And it really, it's, I mean, it's more than just meal ideas. It's a whole load of education and, and inspiration. And then um, I've got Keep It Simple, which is a one-week menu plan program. It goes for nine days. Uh, because we have to get prepared and get shopping. And I run that once a month and then anyone can buy at any time small steps to fermenting, which where they'll yes. see my husband. Yeah, and got the I, bloke involved. Well done, you. Well, my husband's a fermenter and I just kept watching him. Like everything I create is literally from my own life. So I, I was just watching my daughter sitting there with my husband putting cucumbers and mustard seeds in, in jars to make dill pickles. And I was like, other people should be able to see how easy this is. Yes. And he, you know, he got all into Sandor Cats and made it his little mission. And really, it's just, it's five recipes. It's a complete toolkit of what you need to be able to get started making your own fermented foods and drinks at home. So that's available for people to purchase at any time. Awesome. And I'll make sure I put all the links in the show notes for you too. Awesome. Thank you, Jules. Yeah. It's so nice talking to you. I know. Thank you so much, Lisa. We'll speak to you soon. Okay. Bye. If you like what you've heard here today, please take the time to give us a five-star rating on iTunes, hit subscribe, and if you want to get your hands on some seriously kick-ass recipes and health information, then head to www.julesgalloway.com and follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Jules Galloway Health. Now, Stick around because as part of the launch of Shiny Healthy You, we're releasing three episodes at once. So next up, listen to Adele McConnell from Veggie Head talking healthy food and cooking, healthy dogs, chemical-free makeup, and what she really thinks of those online vegan trolls. Till then, stay shiny and bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.